Hey everyone, welcome to The Next Brave Thing. Today I have one of my besties, Chantelle Nelson, on the podcast. Yes, welcome. hello. Yes, hi. So we are talking about friendship, but before we go into like what our friendship has been like and um, yeah, the conversation around friendship, tell us a bit about who you are. Um, I am Canadian born. Ella and I met here at school in Redding, California. Um, I am married to a beautiful chocolate man that is six years younger than myself. You cougar, I you. I robbed the crib. I'm a puma, apparently. Uh, what is a, a cougar? A cougar is if I was like 40. Okay. But I'm a puma because I'm 33. So it's like a younger version of like a cradle robber. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. My sister told me. We're oh. all Pumas. All the women in my family are Pumas. Get it. We all married to younger men. Yes. How um, many years is it? We have been married now for f- five years. Yes. Just over five years. We have two babies. One is four and his name is Zion. And then the other one is 18 months old and he's Kobe. Kobe mm-hmm. Genesis Nelson and Zion Dupree Nelson. And they are the cutest Happy yes. boys. Well, they're not really happy. They're actually half black, quarter Chinese, quarter white. So they're just yes. a mixed bag of yes. colors. And you're h- half Chinese. I'm half Chinese. Yes. Yes. I love that. It's so beautiful. From Canada. From Canada. <laughs> yes. Um, also, I am a life coach. I recently just launched my life coaching business a few months yes. ago now. Um, so I help women who feel stuck come alive in their season that they can face whatever it is that they're going through. We help, I help them get healthy from the inside out so that they can live a life that they really, really love. I love that. I love that. And you also have your master's I do. in counseling and psychology. Is that what it is? My master's in counseling psychology, yes. Yes, so you're very intelligent. I am very smart. I love it. And I think that's part of like how we connected mm-hmm. is both our love for emotional health and mm-hmm. psychology the brain, how people think, how people why they think. do what they do. Yes. It's swirly in there. but It's swirly. <laughs> and you ask great questions. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I think I because think I'm also a life coach. And you also ask good questions. Thank you. You really do. Thank you. That's, I think, why we are friends. Yes. Yes. Um, and many other things. But we um, became friends. Um, we went on a trip to Los Angeles. Yes. I think it was around six, seven years ago. A lifetime ago. Yes. I I remember thinking you were so cool on that trip. You were like, yes. (laughs) Like I wasn't, I didn't feel worthy to be in your presence. Um, I felt the same way about you. Like you're so beautiful and you're dating this cool guy. I was dating him, yes. Oh my gosh. This cool man child. Man child. (laughs) Because what? 19? He was 19 then? I think so. So you were like... 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely came across like way more mature. Yes. Yes. And he, yeah, he's a really good man. He is. He really yes. is. Yes. Um, so we became friends. We went on a trip to LA and um, hit it off. And then I think we had, we would kind of go out for coffee we, we we caught up afterwards yeah and so then as time passed and we graduated all our friends left yes reading yes and then you kind of get in this place after school is done 
where everybody leaves and then you have no friends. Yes. And then you kind of have to figure out how to live here and build a life here. Yeah. When this this kind of environment is so transient because everybody leaves. Yes. And so then we kind of, I feel like we would go for coffee randomly, but yes. it wasn't like a fully consistent thing until we, well, one, we have our birthday on the same day. Yes. 10th of the 10th. 1988. Yes. And so that was like a sign that we were meant to be. Meant to be friends. But then it was really vulnerable because we both wanted to choose each other. But like I said, I Mm -hmm. thought you were really, really cool and like a higher caliber person than I was. So it felt vulnerable to like ask you to be my friend. You're so kind Because what if you didn't want to be my friend back? And then it's just really (laughs) awkward. Because I secretly felt the same way about you. That's so funny. We actually haven't talked about this yet. No. (laughs) I'm finding out that you thought that. Oh, cool. Great. (laughs) But then we chose each other. We decided, we kind of like proposed to each other. Like, hey, I really like where this is going. Mm -hmm. I'm really in this. I want to commit to our friendship in the future. What would that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just kind of, and we're both kind of planner people. So we, and I know some friendships are definitely not like this, but we decided to have coffee every second week, Mm -hmm. which is usually on a Saturday morning at At 7 7 a.m. We would probably do it earlier if the coffee shop opened earlier. If the coffee shop (laughs) opened earlier. Yeah, for sure. But we've done it for years Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And we've had like gaps, like COVID felt like we all went into... I call it the blip. The blip for sure. Yeah, we and I think what's beautiful about our friendship is it feels very easy, organic, but intentional, Mm -hmm. which is really great. Yes. Which is kind of our personalities as well. We kind of just 7 a.m. hits on that Sunday morning, Saturday morning. Yes. And we just kind of waste no time and Mm -hmm. spill all the beans. So we are going to be talking about friendship today. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that, and you're a life coach, I'm a life consultant, and this is, and I work with a lot of students who have to navigate friendship and expectations around friendship. And um, yeah, I, I think a great place to start is understanding our history with friendship. Yeah. And um, I'd love to know, just to give context to our audience, like what does friendship looks like for you? Um, friendship has been a journey for me, like it is for most people, but I wasn't somebody growing up who had a lot of friends. Um, I was definitely very insecure. And so I didn't attract very many solid friendships. I always had like that one friend, the one friend who would meet all my needs, who the only person that I would hang out with at school, if they weren't there, that day, then it meant that it was the worst day ever because I had to sit alone. I didn't have a partner for anything. Gosh, I'm just remembering this now. I'm going to need some therapy for this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But I always had my one friend. Um, and so then going into college where you kind of have to start over again with friendships, I didn't really have any skills on how to actually make friends because when you're in school and you're with school in school with people, you just kind of pick who's around you. Um, but going into adulthood it's a little more vulnerable because the pickings aren't like the it's not really set up for you to like have a specific class and then you make friends in your class so it was vulnerable to have to find friends and make friends and so I just didn't like Mm -hmm. I for my first several years of my degree I didn't make I 
I graduated from college from my undergrad and I prided myself on the fact that I didn't make a single friend my four years of college. And I used to carry it as like this badge of honor of like, I didn't make a single friend, but I had a 4.0 GPA because I didn't make any friends. Because in my mind back then, friends slowed me down and they got in the way of my success. They got in the (laughs) way of me going after what I wanted because um, I had just really found who I was and my worth in what I did and in the grades that I got and people got in the way of me doing that and but really it was just insecurity that I didn't know how to make friends and so instead I just found my my worth in my success because I couldn't be successful in friendships and so um but then at the end of the year at the end of the four years I actually got up in front of my entire cohort cohort in college and I apologized for not being open and people would sit by me over the years and they would like try and connect and I would fully like push them away and Mm -hmm. not engage with them and so it wasn't until I mean I did school here and I made friends for sure um seasonal friendships but I didn't really know how to choose friends that were sustainable Mm -hmm. necessarily um and then in this kind of environment, a lot it's very transient. So when we when I graduated, everybody left. Yeah. All my friends, all my roommates kind of went different ways, went back to their countries. And it was just me and I was married. I had no friends. And then I got pregnant and I I had nobody. Dante actually laughs because he tells me I was actually really worried about you like I thought you were never gonna make any friends like I was really concerned all I wanted to do was be around him for like that first year of marriage he had friends I didn't have friends he was trying to get away from me I was just trying to like hang around him all the time but I got pregnant and long story short there was five other women who were also pregnant like a friend of a friend knew somebody that was pregnant who knew somebody that was pregnant who knew somebody that was pregnant Mm -hmm. and they were all like listen, we're all pregnant. Let's just go out for breakfast, like kind of hang out, chat. And it turned into a, now it's been five year friendship with, we call it the mom group. And it's just, we all have two to three babies now. So there's a lot. I think there's 11 babies. We've been friends for five years. And it's interesting because I always say if I were to have stepped into a room back then and picked out the people that I thought were going to be my friends, they likely wouldn't have been those people. Because a lot of times we try and pick out people that look like us. Yes. And these people did not look like me. Yeah. But they have been the ones that have shaped me, um, challenged me, because Mm -hmm. I've always picked out friends that are just like me. And so Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of... um, butting heads Mm -hmm. necessarily because we think the same way we Mm -hmm. kind of have similar like me and you we haven't had a lot of disconnects or any disconnects or bumping heads we're really similar in a lot of ways I think we're deep empaths as well so we're very like and and probably really relaxed and chill we're not super conflicty kind of people yes yeah but it's it yeah. was in those friendships where I actually grew a lot because mm-hmm. people who think differently than you challenge you in different ways. Yeah. And I grew a lot. They weren't necessarily the people that I would have picked, but mm-hmm. they're some of my closest and best friends. Yeah. And that's long story short. But every time I go to a birthday party, I see that mum group. I always feel <laughs> so bad for you when you have to come to my, and I always send you an invitation of like ball is in your court you don't I have to love come going I know to you your love kids. me I know you love my kids but you do not have to show up at the 
shenanigans that is a I'm here for it. Party I'm children. here for it. I don't have nieces and nephews here <laughs> in the States, so I'll you get your adopt. Fix through me once, yeah, two times I do. a year. I do. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, so yeah, I love that. And I, I can relate to in some ways, like um, I know you're an in more of an introvert. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm also well are you i'm probably a mixture an ambivert is that a thing yeah oh i never knew that ambivert it's like both okay yeah well i think i i know because i'm a life coach and then i work with a lot of people and just in pioneering a school and starting a school there's been a lot of like social interaction Mm -hmm. like that's a lot um and I think for me I get to a point where I'm like no more people like um and especially yeah when you're I think for me I um have definitely had to figure out friendship because being a life coach it's kind of um you can in an unhealthy way become your friend's life coach Mm. so I've had to figure out that Mm -hmm. yes um and I think because I have deep conversations with people a lot like a lot of yeah like that that can be exhausting and so I've had to navigate um yeah how to do friendship well and also like I've always been a personality I know that I have lots of best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're definitely a best friend. Mm-hmm. And then I have other best friends because I think I've gone through moving countries. You go through, yeah, just like you said, we've had people um, come and go quite a bit. And so you build history with them and then they leave. Yes. Um, and so they're still sacred to me but it just means like they've kind of I now ask people before I decide to be friends with them like how long do you think you're gonna live here for and they say like thinking about like a year I'm like "Mm, bye Mm, bye can't I feel sorry (laughs) for the people who do come for a little bit and we've like been established in friendship and then it's like you guys are so clicky I know but it's because we gotta stick together because everybody leaves everyone leaves (laughs) we have abandonment issues yeah and I think I think that um every noticing friendship because I I being an Australian living in America like there's a couple of Aussies here who are just the dearest amazing people and it's like I get my Aussie fix over there and then yeah I don't know I've worked with people where we've had to do lots of hard conflict and um they you know that that builds you know, so much like depth inside of friendship. Um, but yeah, I think that friendship has been something that I have tried to figure out. And um, yeah, so today's conversation is not that we're both experts on it, but not we're just kind of having a dialogue about yes. it. Because it's, it's like everyone, um, like it's something that people are trying to figure out is how to do relationships and friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In saying that, I think that our history with friendships affects, um, like, yeah, like how what we how we see ourselves mm-hmm. inside of friendships. So if you have a lot of rejection, and then you come into, um, let's say, you start a new school, like it's not like all of that rejection history goes away, and 
people are going to see you differently. Like I mean, it's like dating. Yeah. It's very, very. I, I like in making friends to finding a spouse. Yeah. I mean, multiple spouses, I guess. Because yeah. You make multiple friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like the baggage. It's like when you date somebody and you have dating baggage that comes into your new relationships and you have mm-hmm. to work through it in order to be able to show up healthy in a new dating relationship. And it's the same with friendships. Yeah. When we come from whether it's rejection or insecurity or mm-hmm. things in friendships that went sour and yeah. you got pain from it being able to work through those things so that you're just not creating the same kinds of unhealthy, dysfunctional friendships over and over again. Yeah, for sure. And I think that understanding that everybody has like a code book Mm -hmm. for a lens, like even a cultural lens. Um, Everyone has like coming from different families. Like if you come from a really aggressive, um, confronting challenging kind of background where everyone kind of shouts at each other and then you bring that into a friendship with someone who comes from a really quiet family and like they don't really confront like it's like all of those dynamics come into play so understanding that everyone has different expectations I think that Hollywood and social media Mm -hmm. paint a picture of what friendship should look like but I think at the core of all of us is we are all looking to belong. Yeah. And so I think that even, yeah, seeing on Instagram, like relationship goals and right. friendship goals, like that can be like, what does that even mean? But Right. And you don't see the trenches when people yes. are posting their cute friendship photos. You don't yeah. see what it took them to get there. Yes, exactly. Um, But I love what you say about like actually being around people that are different to you Mm -hmm. um, because that sharpens us and helps us grow. And staying close. I think for myself anyways, anytime there was something in a friendship that felt whether it was triggering or Mm -hmm. there was some kind of disconnection, I would often just run the other way and be like, well, I guess this friendship isn't going to work out. But in staying, when I choose my friendships, I'm kind of saying, okay, we're in this, whatever it looks like, whatever kinds of differences we have, whatever kind of disconnects we have, like we're going to figure it out. Yeah. We're going to choose it. This isn't to say like if you're in a dysfunctional friendship and you both are Mm -hmm. not healthy and at each other's throats all the time that you should stay but it's like oftentimes we don't give our friendships a chance by sticking around and working it out and we just run away at any sign Mm -hmm. of it's not going to work out yeah yeah and I think we also um one thing that I come up against is like we all have different capacity for relationships Mm -hmm. in different seasons yes so yeah I think that's important as well um again I think we both are life coaches, so um, I don't have – and I'm around people all the time. So, like, yeah, I have friends who, like, work at a desk job and then they have huge capacity for right. friendship outside and I'm like, I've got – I'm tapped out. Yeah. I've got nothing, nothing more to give. It's so true. Um, but that's a real thing. So, um, basically, I've kind of outlined um, eight types of friendship and it's not like – necessarily it's just my thoughts on it it's not all scientific and and legit like it's I just made it up basically but anyway so um the first kind of friendship is the like the performing kind of friendship which I would um kind of like you really want to be friends with someone so you're like oh I know that person likes 
um, this kind of food. I'm going to make them this food and then they'll be my friend. Kind of like um, there, it's like a transactional kind of friendship mm-hmm. um, where if I perform and agree with everything that you like, then you'll be my friend. Right. And yeah, have you had friends like that? I'm trying to think as you're talking. Um, I think in first learning how to make friends, I would try and be what they needed me to be. Yeah. Because I wanted to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. But then realizing, oh, I'm not actually being who I am. Yeah. And so the friendship just kind of fizzles out because, yeah. I mean, I always think it's so much to dating. We become who we think the guy that we want to be with would want. And then we're mm-hmm. in the relationship and we realize like, shoot, I'm not actually myself. This yeah. is not actually who I am. Yeah. And so, and it's a form of self-abandonment right? where you're yeah, performing to be something and then you go into the relationship frustrated and holding resentment because you're like, I've done 10 things in this friendship and you've done one. Like, yes. yeah, it's, it's very, it's like me going, I've gone to your children's birthdays, like how old's I now? Five, four. four. I've gone to like four birthdays and blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and you didn't come to this thing. Like it just gets, it can get very, um, yeah. High stakes. (laughs) Yeah. And it comes from a very insecure place. Yes. I mean, I think all these friendships that we're talking about come from a place, not all of them, but Mm. come from a place of insecurity, Yeah, which is, we have to love ourselves first and we have to go into friendships knowing who we are otherwise we just become somebody Mm -hmm. who we aren't Mm -hmm. and the friendship is insecure because we're insecure yes then there's um the image-based friendship which I um and different personalities gravitate to this like especially if you're really concerned with your reputation like um yeah I had a friend like they posted that they were with this celebrity on Instagram and it was kind of a conversation got sparked of like because I am with this influential people person now I'll be seen as influential Mm -hmm. and that's not like real connection that's like oh you make me look good right or you make me look good on social media or you're picking that cool person so that you look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually really shallow. And I don't know if that kind of friendship will have the structure right. <laughs> to sustain you in hard times. And I think that you're looking for something that you don't have and you're hoping that this person will give that to you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know like when I've been um, more insecure, I'd be like, Oh, the the popular person right. like invited me to their party. Like sure. I must be totally popular then. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I remember always wanting to be. I was never the popular kid growing up, and I would always every start of the year, you would see the popular crowd, especially in college because it changes every year. And I would try and figure out like who do I have to be in order to become this popular person yes. and who, what do I have to like? How do I have to dress? What do I have to talk about when I come into class in order to be able to fit into this group? Yes. Um, Brene Brown says um, in her book, 
Braving the Wilderness, she says the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Mm. So I think there's this thing wow. of like, yeah, like trying to fit into some something that someone else needs you to be. I don't know. There's so much that's not true belonging. Yeah. You can't really be yourself in right. that. Mm-hmm. And then there is codependency, which you kind of kind of touched on of like that friend, that one friend you have. And if they're mm-hmm. not there, you're not okay. Yes. That was my whole <laughs> friendship relationship early into marriage mm-hmm. journey was just getting out of this codependency space where I morphed everything that I was and did was based on somebody else. So Mm -hmm. if somebody else wasn't there at school, then I was exposed and alone and I wasn't okay. Um, Even early on into my marriage, this showed up of when Dante would have a hard day and he would come home from work and I was having a great day and he would come home upset about something or just having a long day. And all of a sudden my whole world would revolve around him Mm -hmm. and trying to bring him back out of that space and just so unhealthy and getting my, yeah, my needs were only okay if somebody else was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone has an, uh, a level of codependency in them because we want to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. And it's like when we can feel someone is not okay, we kind of go, what, what's wrong? Like, can I fix it? I think that's a very natural thing to do. I think we all want to be peaceful, but I think what's powerful is, um, in friendship when you can get to the place of um oh that like is that person like rather than like tiptoeing around like is this person mad at me I'm not really sure like actually seeing them as like they are powerful if they have a problem they will say something yeah and I think because um being an empathetic person I can probably try and like I don't know crack the code Mm-hmm. of like what's happening inside other people and let me go be that for other people. I definitely was that. I think I have, um, especially in helping start a school where thing times could feel really turbulent, I think my codependency would start when I would be trying to like make the environment feel safe. And um, yeah, I definitely had codependency It's all Um, about trust in relationships. Yeah. Can I trust that if something is wrong, that you'll tell me and vice versa? Because then other, otherwise we're always trying to decipher and decode, which is exhausting. And a lot of times we learn this in childhood because Mm -hmm. we're always wondering, are parents okay? Are they mad at me? Are they mad at each other? We're Mm -hmm. tiptoeing around and we become hyper vigilant in trying to read people's body language and how they read people's response to us. And we're always trying to crack the code, like you said, of are they okay? But it's a lack of trust because trust says, you'll tell me if you're not okay. And I'll tell you if I'm not okay. Yes. Um, Our marriage counselor's explain it as like we all have our own hula hoops we have to stand Mm. in our own hula hoop and the moment we try and step into somebody else's is us trying to manage what's happening in their world emotions their opinions their beliefs their actions we're fully stepping out of our own hula hoop and into somebody else's and I think um it's Havila Cunnington that says the only thing that we have control over is our own actions feelings and attitudes those are the only things that Mm. we can control and as soon as we try to do that for somebody else 
we've automatically stepped out of our own boundaries and into somebody else's. Yeah, that's so empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, risk and bravery and friendship might look like, actually, I'm going to hold space rather than fill space and try and figure out like, what what's wrong with you? What, why? Which why? is so exhausting. So exhausting. So exhausting. Um, and so empowering when you realize like, oh, I don't have to like fix that person. I had a counselor say to me, it was so liberating because yeah, it was so liberating because she basically was like, there's Ella's business, their business and God's business. And that was liberating to me. Like, oh, I don't have to try and get in your world. It takes off the false responsibility that we carry for other people. Yeah. Which we do a lot. Yeah. So the next type of friendship is more the needy, desperate kind of friendship. And um, that uh, is probably linked to codependency mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. So have you ever found yourself needy inside a friendship? You you don't strike me as needy. I think I tend to swing the way other way. Same. Probably. And be like, I don't. need you and I don't need friends and I don't Mm -hmm. need but it all comes from that same place of the fear of what people think Mm -hmm. the fear of not being enough like a worthiness thing yeah like on one end of the pendulum it's you don't have worth for yourself so you're trying to get it from somebody else and you're trying to scrape in that needy desperate thing but on the other side it's that that lack of worthiness of like oh I don't actually think that they would want me Mm -hmm. so I'm going to push them away first and not have needs and not have needs yeah but I feel like it all comes from not feeling worthy the same thing yeah because I am similar to you in that I would be like yeah I don't have needs I don't have needs until I have like this explosion of like oh my gosh like I didn't put in a boundary like and it's because I didn't think I was worth that right yeah Totally. Then there's like, if you guys like know Gossip Girl, there's the Blair Waldorf kind of <laughs> friendship, which is, did you ever watch Gossip Girl? Oh gosh. Yes. Am I allowed to say? Yes. Yes. I did. No shame. <laughs> Not really into the new Gossip the Girl. The new stuff is like scandalous. It, just it was a scandalous. It's heavy or Yeah, something. it's heavy. Oh, too intense. Um, but anyway, the Blair Waldorf where she literally is the queen bee. XOXO. Um, and she has like minions so that is like a hierarchy I and this is I feel like it's more of a personality type that goes out there and has is like the really dominant one and they've got like real passive kind of groupies that just kind of go along with them. Have you ever seen those kind of friendships? Also known as narcissistic personality disorder. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Maybe not Master's degree. (laughs) Tell us more about the narcissist. Yes. The narcissist, I mean, it's a very deep personality disorder, but I think people can display narcissism without having the personality disorder. But narcissism all comes from just another form of insecurity and worthiness. Everything... I don't want to say everything, but everything comes back to worthiness and am mm-hmm. I worth being loved, not just by other people, but by myself yep. and all of these different friendship types manifest from that deep place of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true because, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, a real dominant 
kind of friendship. I've I've come into friendship circles where cuz I'm I will challenge if if someone is blatantly bulldozing people, I will challenge that for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah, I love watching <laughs> their boat get rocked cuz I'm like oh, you just hang out with like nine on the Enneagram friends that are just peacekeepers and don't want to rock the boat with you. Um, Whereas like, no, that's that's not okay. Like I definitely get a kick out of like challenging the challenger. I love that. In some ways. I need that. Yeah. But um, then there's also seasonal friendship. I love this one. Yeah. And we, why do you love this one? I remember when I was in first year of school here, I I remember feeling the scarcity of creating friendships that would eventually end. And so true to my form, I was like, I'm not going to make any friends. I'm just here to get healthy and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make any friends because eventually I'm going to have to say goodbye anyways. And my intern in first year told me, did you know that there's such thing as seasonal friendships Mm. where you can actually have a friend that just lasts a season and then they're gone and you can look back and be thankful for the season and but still fully invest yourself in that friendship in the moment and it really changed the way that I made friends from that point on because the fact of the matter is is seasons do change like even with me and you we met we were both well I was dating but we Mm -hmm. were single Mm -hmm. um and we didn't know what life was going to look like we didn't know how, when we were going to get married, when kids were going to happen. And I would say that my seasons have changed dramatically Mm -hmm. since being friends with you, Mm -hmm. but our friendship has stood the test of those seasons. Whereas sometimes like school, it was like, oh, this, this person is eventually going to move away, but it doesn't mean that we can't grow from each other and glean from each other now. And maybe it'll last longer, but maybe you'll just move and we'll cherish that friendship that we had. And even right now with my mom group, we, have been friends for five years, but one has already moved away. One, her house is in escrow, so she's going to move away. Another Aww. one is planning on moving. So it's like we feel the season shift. Yeah. And it, the, obviously the friendship will change because distance and time will do that. But it doesn't mean that I can't fully invest in those friendships. And because I would have missed out on so much had I would have not made friends just because the season yeah. was going to change at some point. Yeah, and I think there's something about feeling secure in yourself and also um, in like maturing as a person is knowing, yeah, some friendships are going to be seasonal and it doesn't mean that you're rejecting them or you're a bad friend because you didn't keep up the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think my ones that have been more seasonal – especially when I first moved to America, but even friends before moving to America, there's like a handful of them where I'm like, we have gone like a whole year of not even FaceTiming or Mm. catching up, but it's almost like that beautiful, we go right back where Mm -hmm. it, you know, like it's like the friendship never left off in some ways. And I think that's a sign of maturity is yeah. understanding that there are seasons of friendship. And because I think there's also in Hollywood, there's kind of um, messages sent about what good friendship is. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like when someone, like when you had a baby or my, or got married or 
you know, those kind of things happen where it's like someone literally is coming into your life. I can't be like, Chantel, like you don't hang out with me as much because you have children. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's not really fair because like that's actually part of life is that you're going to have different capacity at different times, you know? Would you say that there's a sadness that comes when the season shifts for a friend of yours? Yeah. I mean, one of my besties, we used to work together like for three years, like shared an office and um, like now I don't see her every day. And yeah, there's definitely a sadness, but not like a resenting. Right. There's like a, oh, we have to be more intentional now. It just looks different. Right. Um, so I wouldn't, I think I would be, um, I need to probably acknowledge the emotions of like, oh, it's changing, right. you know? So, um, but I, I think, and sometimes like if you're trying to, fight for it to be like the last season like that that can be like actually you need to like rebuild something new Mm -hmm. like you need to acknowledge that there's been transition in your friendship and it needs to change and that's okay like doesn't mean anything about you guys so yeah so I guess um because there's a lot of um pain some often in friendships especially if you've built friendship on um, gossip or like you've built friendship on conflict, Mm -hmm. drama. Um, Yeah, there can be like a lot of broken trust. Um, Yeah, there can be a lot of pain inside of friendship. So Mm -hmm. how would you say you would build secure friendship? That's a really great question. I think me becoming healthy and whole myself has been the best thing for creating secure friendships because the unhealthy me would attract unhealthy friends. And then we would have friendships like these ones where they're codependent or they're insecure or different kinds of things like that because I didn't love myself and know what I was bringing to the friendship table. And so I was expecting to find somebody that would give that to me to mm-hmm. make me feel loved, to make me feel like I belonged, to make me feel confident. So I would look for that in other people, but you attract who you are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're unhealthy and insecure and afraid, you're probably going to attract like somebody who's secure and mature and healthy isn't going to be attracted to somebody who's insecure mm-hmm. and codependent and fearful yeah. in themselves and their friendships. And so I think the first step would be to look, take a good solid look at yourself from like a third point of view and be like, am I somebody who I would want to be friends with is how I show up in my day, in my relationships, something that would be attractive to me. And I think when you take a good, honest look at yourself, you would probably see, oh, I actually run at the side of conflict Mm -hmm. or when I get hurt, I shut down and I numb out and I disconnect and disengage. And that probably isn't going to be super healthy for a friendship. Mm -hmm. And so taking a good solid look at yourself and being like, am I the kind of person that I would want to be friends with? And if not, what is it that I need to work on? And then in building secure friendships from that place, you're bringing two whole people to the table. I mean, we're all in process. We're all working through things. Mm -hmm. But when 
you can have that trust, like I said before, in a relationship, then you can fully know that the other person is bringing themselves and you're bringing yourself and there's not that, like you called it, trying to crack the code of the other person. You can just be open and honest and truthful and authentic in your relationships and fully trust that the other person is doing the same. And obviously trust isn't given, it's built. And so Mm -hmm. in friendship, there's always going to be a trust building. I think it's unhealthy when two people just decide to like, this is all of me and this is all of you. Let's be friends. That can be codependent. Yeah. And so trust is a, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get, um, pulled away from what is the word? When, when it actually takes time, that's actually a good thing. A lot of people yeah. are like, oh, that's not going to work out or yeah. this is taking too long. Like this isn't a friendship that I want to be in, mm-hmm. but it's anything good takes time. It's yeah. like good old fine wine. Yes. Lots of time and yeah. darkness. When, it's so true. <laughs> like my when my students started our school and they're just meeting each other, I'll often have student meetings one to two weeks in where they're like, I just don't feel like I belong here. Like I just haven't clicked with anyone. I see other people clicking with people. And I say to them, you're here for three years. This is going to take some time. This is like, don't rush the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's also, I love that you say trust because I think, especially if we're coming out of, I know when I've come out of like, oh, these friendships are draining. Mm -hmm. Like these, I don't even like my friends. Like Mm -hmm. when I've come out of that place um, and decided, actually, I'm not going to go out and do that on Friday night. I'm actually holding space for being believing that I'm worthy of healthier friendships. Because I think some friendships do drag us down and uh, can be draining. And mm-hmm. so part of it, like, I think that risk and bravery can look like, oh, I'm not going to hang out with that crowd anymore. And I'm going to stay in on a Friday night and trust that I am going to attract right. like healthier friendships, mm-hmm. you know, so that I think is um, important. But I also love that you um, mentioned like your relationship with yourself because I remember um probably 12 years ago or something um I had a friend that was like a best friend and they were so critical of themselves Mm -hmm. they were like such a beautiful looking person and had a great career had a great boyfriend like had so many like awesome things going for them but the way that they talked to themselves was like so mean and I remember thinking like if you talk about yourself that way Mm. like you're so ugly like oh nothing good is gonna happen and this person and just complaining a lot like I thought if you feel that judgmental towards yourself what do you actually think about me because I'm not as hot as you (laughs) and so I don't really get this so and I remember confronting this person because it was like wow this is feels really unhealthy Mm. it feels like are you really a safe person so I love that you like bring up like are you actually being a safe person right as a friend um and how can you create safety because often when I meet with people they're talking about like the pain and unsafety of other people but it's like how can you cultivate safety within yourself which is actually in how you talk to yourself right 
how you treat yourself. Yeah. It's going to manifest over. And I think you also get to create what you want in a friendship. I think a lot of times we enter into friendships thinking, what are you going to give me and how are you going to be my great friend? Yes. Um, and I remember this time in my mom group, we had, I think we had been friends for like at least a year. Uh, mm-hmm. And we would, every month we would do this thing we call mom's night out, which is basically we'd like get dressed up, go to Olive Garden or something <laughs> without our babies. And we would just connect in a different way without our kids. And I remember for the first while going to these mom's night outs, just mom's night outs just felt really draining because I'm like, I'm not here to just take time out of my week to just talk about my kids and to do the same thing that we do with our kids, but away from them. And I remember turning the mirror back on myself and being like, okay, if I want vulnerability to be a thing in this group, then I have to show up in vulnerability first. Yeah. And I remember going into that mom's night out because I was processing with Dante, like I didn't want to go. I didn't want to just go and talk about kids and nap schedules and all that kind of stuff. And he challenged me like, well, then you be vulnerable first. And so Mm. I remember we were at this little Mexican restaurant in Reading and I just opened up about something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was something in my marriage that I was walking through or processing through. And it was the most beautiful night where it gave permission to everybody else to do the same. And I don't want to say from that that point forward, we were vulnerable, but even the girls would say the years following, like a lot of reason why we're so vulnerable in this group is because of you. Mm. And I remember thinking like, oh, that was something that I wanted and I was just waiting for it to happen to me. But then I took it upon myself to create that in the friendship, which also gave other people permission to do the same. And I think a lot of times we're just sitting around in friendships waiting for something to happen that we want when when we could take it upon ourselves to manifest that first Mm -hmm. and then have everybody else manifest it Mm -hmm. and give it permission for them to do the same. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Leading with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So good. So in closing, I guess, um, yeah, like what, because this is the next brave thing podcast, Mm -hmm. what would you say, what does bravery look like in friendship? Because you kind of use that great example of actually, I'm going to take it upon myself to be vulnerable, which vulnerability is uncertainty, which is connected to bravery. Like they could have just like looked at you and be like, okay, too much information, Chantel. For sure. Like, yeah. So what, what would you say bravery is? I would say it looks like being yourself Mm -hmm. and it sounds so cliche, but a lot of times in our friendships, we're not ourselves. And so that's why we come home at the end of a hangout and we like hang up a proverbial mask that we put on in order to show up in that friendship and mm-hmm. but it's because we didn't enter those friendships as ourselves and so we became somebody else in order to keep the friendships that we have when we if we look around we realize like oh i i don't actually enjoy these friendships but because i don't actually feel like i can be myself yeah and sometimes being yourself is the most brave thing that you can do because it's the most vulnerable way of showing up it's easy easy to be something else or what other people want you to be because then you don't actually have to face the rejection of what if they don't like who I really am what if like like at that moment at the Mexican restaurant like what Mm -hmm. if they all like you said they were like oh that's 
ew, that's too much information. Then I would have to be like, oh shoot, who I, I would have to grapple with that potential truth that who I am isn't welcome in this group. Mm -hmm. And I would have had to go on a journey of, do I actually want these friends in my life then? Yeah. This, if I can't fully show up Mm -hmm. and my bravery in that moment was met with um, the fruit of, oh, we want this too. But I think it was brave because I ran the risk of it not being accepted. And Mm -hmm. so I think bravery looks like, am I going to be myself in every relationship, whether people are going to like it or not? Yeah. And I think that, I love that you say that because people who are themselves are really magnetic. Like they actually, people are drawn to them. And like I often hear people say, oh, you're friends with that person because they're a cool person or you're that they're the cool group. And I sometimes like, it's not so much that they're cool. It's that they're secure. Right. And like, because it's almost like you get cooler, (laughs) if that's a word, Um, you get more cool when you are more secure in yourself. It's so true. It's like so attractive to be around people like that. Yes. So if you want to be cool, just be Learn, yourself. Be like yourself. Like yourself and be yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I love that. Um, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This was yeah, so much fun. This is so fun. So I challenge the audience yes. to think about what your next brave thing is inside of friendships. Mm-hmm. Do you need to be vulnerable like Chantel or do you actually need to voice a need? Um Yeah, let us know uh, what your next brave thing is in the comments. And subscribe and leave a review because that's the only way that people can see this podcast. Yes. Is if you subscribe and leave reviews. Thanks for doing that for me, Chantel. Also, question, how do people find you if they want to book in a live coaching session? You can go to Mm comealivelifecoaching.com or you can find me on Instagram at Chantel E. Nelson. Yes, and I'm going to put that in the show notes so they can easily link and find you. Love it. Love it. Thanks for joining. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening today. You can follow us at the Next Brave Thing podcast on Instagram and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you would like to book in a live consulting session with me, feel free to go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com for more information.